Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, a very, very warm welcome. It is the Live Lounge and we are back on Phil Bars. And as always, joined by Jack Gowie Garwood and Jarlathy. And gentlemen, happy Mondays and good evening. Step on. Evening. How are we doing, everybody? Good to see you all in the chat room already. Jar, I like that little, little reference there. Ding, 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 Anyone think the DRA are watching? Yeah. Well, all I'll say is, is that I'm really hoping the DRA I'm watching because I've accidentally bought myself a pint today. And uh, we all know that uh, no one in the darting world drinks at all. So I'm hoping the DRA I'm watching after uh, what we found out today. I'm hoping, mate. It's a bit stronger than Malibu and Orange, though, because you better admit you drink. Don't let it be that. <laughs> if you don't know, uh, you can find it on our Twitters. We've all like we've all we've all had a comment on it. Just dumb, just dumb decision making. Yeah, and the first finds of 2021 go to. All I'll say is is that the DRA Christmas party fund. I think the nibbles have already been sorted. Let's see who can <laughs> uh, do the starter in the main. Oh, it, it's all good fun. I want to welcome you all along to the live lounge this Monday evening. A couple of hours of us talking general waffle, looking at all things darts, but it's great having you lot along with us. We're just going to share some links on social media, so please make sure you give us a thumbs up and you hit that subscribe button. Turn notifications on. Um, so come and give us a shout. I want to say hello to everyone in the chat room because you guys are all amazing. Been it nice and early for the usual suspects. Andrew is in. Charlie, how are we doing? Missy Mad, Chris as well. Alexander, Jay, welcome along, everyone. Um, Jack is in as well. How are we doing? 
Sorry if I've missed everyone. We'll go through and get to you all as well, Owen. But gentlemen, the let's, let's build it as normal. The biggest road show in darts is <laughs> a week away, and it, 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 it's normally glitz and glamour. We go Aberdeen to Exeter, Dublin to Berlin. Oh. This year we're going Milton Keynes to Milton Keynes. My heart is pumping for love. You sound surprised. Work. It, it Everywhere's work. been Milton Keynes to Milton Keynes for 18 months, mate. It's the new home of World Darts. Uh, no, no. The Rico Arena's also been the new home of World Darts. Don't, don't discount the Rico. Uh, it's the University of Bolton Stadium, please. Uh, what, the Rico Arena in... Rico. Are you all right? Well, Rico, oh, it's commentary. My bad. I apologise. I apologise. Have you been... Drink, have you been uh, do the DRA need to find you tonight? No, I'm on a healthy energy drinks, if that's the thing, as you can see by my God, I'm, 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 I'm to make it a shaker. Cherry Pepsi oh, Max. Like Pepsi Max. No, I've uh, swapped them out. No more Power by Glucose for me. I'm trying to Very make good. a bit of a change before I go back to work. You wait, give it a couple of weeks. Very good. Very good. Well, loads of people in the chat room. And I saw a couple of people as well from the, from the from the land down under as well. Good morning to you as well over in over in Australia and New Zealand. Great to see um, so many people in the chat room already. And as you said, Premier League predictions tonight. Can't wait for this. It is the travelling circus. That is the Barry Gun tra travelling circus normally wrapped up in a city near most of you. But tonight, it's just staying in Milton Keynes. But some big news over the week, of course, the fact that MK might have some fans in for the first, what, for the final five nights. Yeah, I, I, I think listening to, I don't know, obviously, this is, this is on topic, but off topic. Barry's interviewed today about world snooker, that he's genuinely optimistic. I know, I know he's always optimistic, but this sounds more so than ever, that they could have full capacities towards the last five, six days of the um, Betfred World Snooker Championship. And if that's the case, that gives us a lot of hope that we could see fans at the Premier League. If there's yeah. a way, Barry and Matt are going to wheel a dealer their way to get fans in, aren't they? Let's be honest. They've been at the front of the queue with both hands up saying, pick me, pick me, like the fat kid in PE for the last nine months since there's been the talk of taster events and all that sort of thing. So if there's any chance of getting fans back in, those two are at the front of the queue and they will do it. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's going to be an interesting conundrum stroke scenario how this all plays out over the next six, seven weeks because obviously we'll know roughly what's going on and, and everything like that, so I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. If anyone can, Matt and Barry will have fans in. I wasn't say full houses, but let's not get a, let's not get ahead of ourselves. If we can get a thousand people into MK for a few nights, then it's a start. To be fair, a thousand people inside MK. I mean, first of all, that doesn't that doesn't make it sound too bad. Do you know what I mean? In, in terms of like, you know, a thousand people, the atmosphere will still be pretty good and. I mean, the fact that a thousand people want to go to MK is a bit of a surprise in its all self. So, you know, tell me what we can get, everybody. Yeah, no, look, 100%. So let, let's crack it. Let's crack straight on 
with with this and oh wait a minute i haven't put jar in this yet see that's because he changed his video shame, seconds, jar, shame. let's carry on <laughs> there he is <laughs> um, <laughs> Nothing personal, well, mate, but uh, you're sad. Get away with the hair tonight, Gob. At least I decided to actually show my hair, despite the fact that you decided to wear a baseball cap because you're too chicken. Yeah, no chance. It's not happening. Um, James when says, you've had it on for half a day anyway, it's just a mess, so there's no way that I was just going to whack it back out again. It's nothing to do with the show. It's been on all day. Sure. No to be fair, everyone's seen my slip back to my 90s curtains over the last few days, so I can't talk about hairs. Um, Someone have a where is it? Now. James says in the chat room, how many fans um, could MK hold for the darts? Um, I think with normal, it's around two and a half, three thousand. I think if yeah. it was a normal night, it's about two and a half, three thousand. You'd obviously create a lot of seating room by not having the tiered seats at the back and everything like that, so you could table it all out, and it would be obviously COVID secure and everything like that. So I reckon you could probably get a thousand secure in there easily. Yeah, easily, easily. Um, yeah, and at the end of the day, is this right? Uh, look. We all want to see fans back. We all know that the, we all know that the Premier League works because it goes to different cities and the fans make it. I mean, in my opinion, this is probably the one event that avoid, that the loss of fans hurts the most because you're not taking it around the country because you're anti anti Ireland to Europe because you're playing at the same place every night. It was like what we saw last year with the contenders, Rob, wasn't it? In the sense of it just lost its edge, the contendership. But I mean that. Last probably that last three nights in in MK the contenders pretty much saw that concept go. Yeah, it did. And to be honest, it was quite disappointing for me to see it go because up until a couple of weeks before that, it was probably looking in its best shape. When Luke Humphreys beat Gary Anderson, there was a yep. genuine moment there where you looked at the rest of the field the rest of the lineup in that contenders and go into those arenas where you could have seen the contenders that year getting out at 50% of wins or seriously pinching points off the big boys. And the minute it went behind closed doors and, and it lost that edge, that was it. And once, once the fans and once the people at home aren't connected with it, the contenders weren't there for the people at home. The contenders were there for the people in the arenas. And once there's nobody in the arena, that idea was dead. I think, Look, the way that last year went as well, we absolutely had to return to a field this big of 10. There was It was difficult enough trying to pick players as it was. There was already that competition for places. It had to go back to 10. So, yes, they, they got the chop, sadly. Do I see it coming back ever? Potentially, maybe not in that guise. But, look, the more and more darts continues to be this way, the more and more interest we get in the Premier League the more and more calls there are going to be for a Premier League 2 and a promotion and relegation between them. Uh, just a yeah, quick no, one no, before 100%. we get into the actual meat of it, before we get into the meat of the preview, Carl's asked, is this the most open Premier League ever? Good luck picking a winner. I'll tell you in short, Carl, before we go any further, the answer to that is no. <laughs> the answer to that is no. It's not the most open Premier League ever. It's another Premier League, but it's, it's certainly something ever. But we'll come on to that, I'm sure, throughout the evening. 
Obviously, I've had to write about every month. single bloody plot. I can tell you what type of Premier League this is going to be. <laughs> you want to see the website, mate? You're the one who suggested it, you nonce. <laughs> Sorry, uh, mate. Love you. Obviously, normally, obviously, as we know, the, the Premier League is, is spaced out across weeks and it gives players opportunities to play themselves into form over 16 weeks. This is very new and very different Premier League format because we'll, we'll come into it as we look at players in a minute, but over half this field right now aren't in any form whatsoever. And trying to play yourself into some form night after night, if you're getting beat, is going to be mentally draining. Yeah, well, it isn't, it isn't. That's the other thing. These guys know they have to hit the ground running from night one, from night six, the way that these are laid out. If you have a bad week, that's it. It's over. It's not as draining as knowing you've got to travel the length and breadth of the country and across to Europe week in, week out, in between pro tours while you're searching for something. Because when this field, when this tournament stretches over 19 weeks or, or whatever it is, that's constantly on the player's mind. If they have a bad Premier League, put it to the back of their mind, they can get back on with whatever they want come the end of April. Yeah. And just, just looking at it, obviously, it's in two blocks before judgment, right? How, how did the how do they approach this? Is it in their heads? Is it a block of nine and they're trying to work out the points from nine, or is it or will they generally approach it in two blocks of two? Well, you've got to look at it and go, hang on a minute. You, you you've got to look at this and go, you've got five nights to try to play yourself into a bit of form. Like, I'm not being funny. The old cliche is you can't win the you can't win the Premier League on the first few weeks, but you can certainly lose it. In this instance, you can't win the Premier League in the first three or four nights, but you can certainly lose it. That block, first block of five, you've got to come out of the game. Because the only real difference we saw from last year was the fact that Rob Cross, in particular when we moved into this night-by-night -night base in the Premier League, Cross was all over the place. We know this between night seven and nine. I think he only won, if memory says me correctly, I think he only won nine legs in three games. And, uh, and, and that just isn't good enough. And Daryl Gurney, despite getting a bit, you know, got a big win on Judgment Night and stayed up because of it. Would that have happened when it was week in, week out? I don't know, because you would have Rob Cross would have probably been able to have the opportunity to play himself into a bit of form on the Pro Tours, on the Euro Tours. And remember, of course, he's just come off a world match play where he was the defending champion and got smashed in the first round. So let's not forget that as well. Now, in this instance, this first five nights of the Premier League is massive massive in particular for six of the field there are six players in this field that for me at the moment don't cut it now we'll come on to that i'm sure throughout the weekend is it not, not necessarily cut it but not wouldn't be in my premier league 10 as it is at the moment of course what they did last year merits them in it but you look at it and go there are six of those players there that have to try to stay alive in that first five nights because you could easily see four of the players go off into the distance and go from there. Gob, you're looking puzzled. Yeah, because I've already done all of my, my segments for your articles for the next 10 days, and I didn't check the fixtures. And we're going to get into this in a minute, but one player that 
I've, I've tipped to not be relegated. I've just seen his opening four fixtures. The opening night for him is massive because I don't see him getting anything out of the next three. So his approach is going to be different <laughs> to others because... Look, I'm just going to say it, Rob Cross. If, if you look at Rob Cross's opening fixtures, he starts with... Um, Jose de Salazar. Jose de Sousa. Then he plays Gerwin Price, Michael Van Gerwin, Peter Wright. No, Johnny Clayton. Uh, Johnny Clayton, then Peter Wright. So that's the first block done for Rob Cross with the top three players in the world. Johnny Clayton, the most informed player in the world right now, and Jose de Souza, who, when you look at the other five, is probably the man most informed out of the lot. Rob Cross has to win his opening night, and then he has to target that second block. Jesus. Yeah. That that is brutal. I've just looked at that myself. That is brutal, brutal. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not being funny, but cross against Aspinall and then Durham on the final two nights. For me, they could be relegation battles. <laughs> relegation six pointers, as the old saying goes. One hundred percent. That could be huge. They played um, Gary, Dimmy, Aspinall, Dozer, who. Four of my bottom eight, of my bottom, they're my bottom four, including Cross, four of the five. So, yeah. I mean, look, there is no easy matches. No way saying Cross has got his easy matches in the last block, but on current form, they're the players that <laughs> he has to go and pick points off. They're the, they're the Premier League six pointers, if you like, if you're going to avoid relegation. They're the ones where he has to be picking up points and hope that the rest of them haven't picked up too many points before and the scoreboard pressure starts to tell as well. Just a quick one, Barzi. I know we've got to go into this a little bit more in depth in a minute, but just so people are aware, because people are asking in the comments why James Wade isn't in the tournament and Rob Cross is. So James Wade is the world number four currently because they open, but at the time when the Premier League was picked in January, Rob Cross was the world number four. That is the only rule in the Premier League. If you're inside the top four, you're automatically in the Premier League. James Wade wasn't. Now, if James Wade isn't, James Wade was the world number five at the time, and he's not in the Premier League. I prefer not to speak because if I speak, I'm in big trouble. Um, but that's the reason why Wade is not there, and also because we had major winners all over the place, massively different major winners. Although, you know, two finals at the time, three finals, excuse me, at the time. Mm, you know, that's all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say. There's a reason for it. Yep, completely political, as we all know. Doesn't hit the boxes. Everybody um, loves politics. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, thanks, thanks, Lou and Jimmy again, as always. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we ever going to get like our own draft? This, this is some of their best work, to be honest, as well. I'm, I'm quite a fan of this. Yeah. This layout, and the way they've done it. It looks, yeah, it looks, like uh, it looks absolutely top um, yeah, So we'll, we'll go through block one first of all. Five nights starting on Easter Monday. Some big, big games on opening day. We've got El Clasico of darts. We've got 
Peter Wright against Genoin. Well, I'm looking at the wrong one. Idiot. Scroll down. That's the same. What, what game are you looking at? What day are you looking at? I'll scroll down, I'll scroll down <laughs> too far. Don't worry, ignore me. Going back, we've got to repeat, we've got to repeat the world final. Um, that's going to be tasty. Peter Wright against repeat Johnny Marshall Clayton. Premier League final. Yeah, repeat the Marshall Premier League that. final to start us off. Yeah, but arguably it's first for a reason. Well, I'm not debating. No, it's first because it means we kick off the Premier League with the final two from last year. It's coherent. It's 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 continuous, Philip. That's the reason why. Look. Yes. The repeat of the final. Nathan Aspinall said three worlds, I think it was, that he'd made the dart switch and he would not change back. Now, form hasn't gone according to plan and we saw at the latest Super Series he changed back, yet still couldn't find that form. He's now world 11, 10-11. They've switched around because of Euro Tour money coming off, but there's a slide there with him. Bold prediction after only night one. But has the loser of this game, Gob, got a huge issue after only one night? Yeah, massively. It's not the way that you would want to start. This is one of the games that they will be targeting for points, given the form that both of them are carrying. Um, and, and the one that loses that is, is certainly up against it to begin with. Not, not a nice picture to go in with. I think they'd both have rather... One of the big boys, an absolute free roll to start, see if they can get their arm in and then get into the games that are going to determine them potentially going to beyond judgment night to start with and then potentially onto the finals. Like, look, some of these boys may absolutely turn this around, right? We could be absolute miles off the pace. To, Nathan Aspinall could turn up on next Monday and be the best player in the room. Glenn Durham could turn up next Monday and be the best player in the room. Something may have just clicked with them. But what we're going off with, with recent form since especially the Worlds, that's a long period to judge it on. And results that were starting to come in before that, plus the Pro Tour results, they give you a big clue as to what these players are going to do. These two are in trouble. Yeah, completely. No, I, look, there's no getting around that. Uh, next up, Rob Cross against Jose de Souza. Debut or the special one, and like you say, this would be typical Rob Cross, or so Rob Cross, to rock up and win this game from nowhere. I'm being funny, but I'm, without wishing to be rude to Rob, if Jose could have picked a player to start off with this year, he would have picked Rob. No doubt. Rob is free-falling like a stone, in my opinion. I can't see at the moment where I can't see where he gets his next win. And that's a Weird place to be for a dark player. You know, I, I think the action, in my opinion, just doesn't look anywhere near as strong as it was. He's not scoring as well as he is. I think he's taking too long on stepping back on doubles. And, and Jose, the problem with Jose, the only thing with Jose is the fact that he'll either be there, or way above me, or he'll be there. There's no in-between. He won't he'll fluctuate, maybe, throughout the, throughout the week. There's no real middle ground for Jose. And if he gets that scoring on PB, this could be over very, very quickly. And the thing is, though, 
I was re- I've written the article today about him on, on onlinedarts.com, which you can read, everybody, that he is a showman, Jose. I don't think it's the only player in the field that has never played a game on the Premier League stage. Dimi has, Clayton has, as contenders, Jose hasn't. I don't think the lights will get that bright for him, you know. I just don't. It's an interesting one. Um, no, I think the game for me is all about Rob Cross. If it's the Rob we've seen recently, then it could be one-sided. But if, if Rob can turn up, we we, we all know that he, he can turn it around. So that, that's an interesting one for me. But God, moving on to match number five, Wright against Clayton. This could be fireworks. Look. We're all guessing what Peter Wright will throw. He, he looked really good with the the, the, the the good dart, the straight barrel. Will he use it this time around? Your guess is as good as mine. But he's playing, form-wise, the best player on playing darts at the moment. Yeah, he is. And look, I was very much at the front of the list of people saying that Peter Wright was in serious trouble. I, I thought he'd gone way too far. All the tinkering the first week at the Super Series was absolute madness from him. Uh, but he swapped back to something that we've seen him use, that he knows he can use, uh, played of it consecutively and, and delivered a result in the last Super Series. The outlook for Peter right ahead of this Premier League would have been very, very different had it not been for those last three days on the hockey. Um, big, big match in Johnny Clayton, a player who is no longer afraid of getting over the winning line. That's That's been the criticism of Johnny in the past, I think. We've seen him put in fantastic performances on the TV, but be the nearly man so often. And since he got over the line in that World Cup with Gerwin Price, he's not afraid of that winning line anymore. He's He can continue the performances all the way. There is no drop-off in performance. There is no finish line-itis, however you want to phrase it. Johnny is here to stay at the top at the minute. And I just hope, because I'm going to mention it now, so it, it's going to be mentioned an awful lot between now and the end of the campaign, there's going to be so much talk around Johnny having a job. It's, it's one of the easiest talking points with Johnny. And will he give it up? Will he take on darts full-time? Will he fully commit and that sort of thing? And we've seen it go both ways for a number of players in the past. Darren Webster, Glenn Dorrant are two players who actually haven't had all that much success since they've given up their job. So maybe that's a bit of a warning sign for Johnny as something he can compartmentalise away from the sport and just pick it up when it matters. Uh, but a really, really intriguing matchup on night one. Yeah, 100%. Then we've got a repeat of the world final. And again, look, never write off Gary Anderson, but what we've seen in the Super Series, this could be a demolition job from Gentleman Price Jar because Anderson not looked at the races yet this year. Yeah, but uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm currently writing up the Ando piece, which is going out Wednesday. And... This would just be so Gary. We say this a lot about a lot of the players. And it should be so X, it would be so Y. But it would be so Gary just to turn up and chuck in 112 and just murder going Bryce off the board. It would just be so typically him. Like, we don't know what Gary's going to turn up. I, I think the only reason why I'd back Price in this match is not just because of what we've seen from the Super Series and what we saw uh, a few weeks back, but also because this is the first night for Gando. And typically, first night of events, when he's playing week back-to-back, he doesn't normally do well because he hasn't practised. 
Whether he's practised for this event, because he's got Gezi, is another issue entirely. But I don't think this would be a demolition job. I mean, I think Wright Clayton on paper is the game of the night. But I think the game, the actual game of the night, when we look back on night one, will be this one. And I don't think it will be a demolition job. I think Price will win, but it won't be comfortable. Because Price as well. Price, in the Premier League, has not beat around the bush. He's been poor. Draws too many games. He's got to make sure that he doesn't do that. As a world number one, and as a player who could potentially go and win this tournament, he's got to do that. Because if he doesn't, and if he, if he, if the bright lights get a bit too big for him, I don't think he will because it's the Premier League. He's been in there before, but he hasn't performed well. This is the one tournament that he has never performed well in, apart from the match play. So I'm not too sure about Kessie. I'm just not sure. So I don't... So don't expect this to be a demolition job. Watch it now be a demolition job, because I've said that. But if you want a game that's probably going to go the distance, I'd pick this one. Then, last up, Michael Van Gerwen against Dimitri Vandenberg. This is intriguing. This is, is intriguing. Like I say, one to see if Michael uses the same darts that he played with at the last... Um, at the UK Open because they looked yep. much better the way they entered the board and everything like that. So that that that's interesting for me. And Dimitri's already said in an interview with I think it was either Dutch or Belgian media that his knee isn't going to be a hundred percent fixed um, for this. So that that that's interesting. Um, no, I'm pretty ninety nine percent certain, Gob, that Dimitri will try and slow Michael down. I think that's um, nailed on for better of the day. Um, I mean, I'm getting trouble for agreeing with you, but every big game against any player that is perceived to have a faster rhythm than him, he has deliberately slowed it down in the last 18 months. And I refuse to hear anything different. It'll be interesting, that one. So we're not going to go through all nine nights beforehand. Otherwise, we'll be here till three in the morning. We've gone through night one. Now, over the first nine, I want you to pick out the key ties and the key battles that could define who gets relegated on judgment night. But the... In what sense, Barzi? <laughs> well, just what game do you think will, will shape this league in the first nine weeks, which one do you think will have the most impact on the relegation fight and the fight for the top as well? Well, well God, do you want to go first or do you want me? I, I, I don't mind because, okay, let's not beat around the bush here. You know what? I don't mind. So, let's not beat around the bush here. I think there are only four players that can go and win this Premier League title. Gerwin Price, Michael Van Gerwin, Peter Wright, and Johnny Clayton. The rest of them, I don't think are up to the standard at the moment. Jimmy obviously still injured. Cross free falling like a stone. Nathan Aspinall hitting 160s and losing. Uh, Dimmy, the knee brace. Jose, first time in there. And Gary, who bloody knows what's going to happen. So, for me, there are only four players that can go and win this title. And if they're not the top four come the end of the 27th of May heading into the playoffs, I will be staggered. So, those games obviously will determine who will be there. You know, you look at the likes of on 
on night four. I mean, for me, the game, the, the night of the first seven is night seven itself. Sorry, the night of the first nine is night seven. Durham against Jose. Basically, I think by that point, Durham will have to be beating Jose if he's going to stand any chance of retaining his title and staying up. Rob Cross against Dimmy. You know, it's a big game. Cross and Dimmy, they will be fighting it out again to see who doesn't get relegated in that sense. Nathan Aspel against Johnny Clayton. Aspel, I think, already be in the relegation battle at that point. Johnny Clayton, you know, will be looking to try to maintain pressure on the top. Peter Wright against Gerwin Price. Obviously, a great game between, for me, two of the best players. Well, I mean, it's not even for me, for anybody, two of the best players in the world. And then Michael Van Gerwen and Gary Anderson, El Clasico. Like, you, 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 you always love that game. So, I think that will be a pivotal night, night seven. For you, Bob? Mm. Van Gerwen has a nice balance of fixtures to open the first five nights. I'm looking at the first five nights as, as players that have to get off to a good start. Like Jar said earlier, you pinched my line. You can't win this Premier League in the first couple of weeks, but you can certainly lose it. You can be out of the running completely. I think Van Gerwen has a nice balance of playing a couple of the guys that are going to be there to contend with him at the end of it and a couple of the guys that we expect to be competing to survive. Um, it will be interesting to see broadcasting as well this year. I know I'm going off a little bit of a tangent, but if the games are played in the order that the fixtures are listed, Van Gerwen plays first twice. That would be completely different for him. We've, we've literally never seen that before. So I don't think this will be the order of play on each night, but if it is, it will be another interesting twist and turn in the Premier League that we're not used to seeing. Um, Big games. If, if Gary Anderson can't get himself fired up in the opening three nights, he's in trouble. He plays Gerwin Price, Jose de Salza, and then Peter Wright. He's been promising that this year he's going to practice a lot. We all saw the media at the World Championship. I think nobody was more surprised to be in the match play and the World Final last year than Gary himself. But at the same yep. time, it just shows how good the man is and how good the man can be. So if he was genuinely serious about that threat of practice... You can meet people again as of today, and I'm pretty sure he'd been able to practice and whatever else anyway. So it depends how prepared he is to put in the work for the next week or so. This being grouped together will help Gando. We know he favours events where he can get his teeth in from the start. He's only there for a couple of days, and then he can disappear again. Um, who else am I looking at? Cross is the other team. one, I suppose, after the way that we mentioned the fixtures earlier, the balance that he's got of the first five and the last four, that second block of four, he just has to hope he's not out of the running by then. But at the same, the same time, Rob Cross, his performances at times in the last six months have not been horrendous. They've just fluctuated a lot. I don't want to get too much into predictions of where people are going to finish now, but I don't have him getting relegated because I, we know he's capable of the sublime at times, and he will deliver one or two performances out of absolutely nowhere. And it's whether or not he's got that in the locker in that first five that means he's still in contention in a good spot going into the nip and tuck games at the back end of those last four. Yeah, I'll tell you one name that I've just looked at as well. You talk about the balance of fixtures. 
Look at Clayton. Peter Wright to start with, yes. But then you have Glenn Durrant, Jose de Sousa, Nathan Aspinall, and Gary Anderson. They're big. And then you've got Dimi, night six. Your finishing stretch, well, uh, sorry, uh, no, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, uh, who's he got? No, sorry, excuse me. You got Rob Cross rather than Nathan. Jimmy, uh, so I'll, I'll just do that again. I'll do that again. Sorry, please excuse me. I'll, I'll forget this ever happened. Look at Johnny Clayton for a minute. Peter Wright, <laughs> Glenn Durham, uh, Joe Sousa, Rob Cross, and then you've got Gary Anderson. I mean, after that, you've then got Dimmy, and then you've got Nathan Aspinall. So you finish with, you finish with Price and with Van Gerwen. He could be in the top four by then. He could be second or third place. You, you look at that. That's not a bad set of fixtures. Yeah, a horrendous running towards the bottom two nights. But the rest of them, you think, they're lovely, that. The other thing to consider is, if this doesn't go the way we expect it to, we're very much here suggesting that the top four is virtually sat in stone. You've got... Wright, Price, MVG and Clayton are going to be that top four. Your next two are going to be Gary Anderson and Jose de Salza, and the other four are going to be fighting it out for the two relegation spots and, and just surviving. If this doesn't go to plan for a couple of them, or one or two players play considerably better than expected, Clayton to finish with MVG and Price is not a nice way to potentially be clinging on to your first ever Premier League. Yep. Yep. Agreed. I just, I also think, Philip, and you can talk about this more than most, but I think MV, would you, this is the thing, certainly from the chat room, would you say, I can't believe I'm ever saying this, but would you say Van Gerwen's going under the radar here? Right? I don't think he'll ever go under the radar because of, of who he is. But for the first time in a long time, we are talking about more names that can win the Unibet Premier League. Um, his name's always going to be in there because of who he is and what he's achieved. But for the first oh, time yeah. in a long time, do you not think he can win it? Are we actually... No, uh, the opposite. Are we actually talking about more names that can win it? This is notoriously a terrible hunting ground for Gerwin Price. Yeah. Peter Wright, we don't know what's going to turn up. Clayton is the form man, but has never been in this event before. Gary's all over the place. Van Gerwen's been top of this league seven years in a row. Last year was the first time he didn't get there. He was in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven finals in a row. The man has pedigree here. Last year is the anomaly in this event for Van Gerwen. And we've said it constantly that he is not playing badly. He's getting bad results when playing well. If something clicks for the green machine, he cruises this. Correct. Yeah, well, actually, considering he's in, in, in bad form, that three-month roll on average that he's still top of was really interesting. Yeah, his three-month roll on average is still top. I've seen that stat. Yeah. I, was, I was looking at it a couple of minutes ago. Like... It's just solid. Another whose average is still pretty good despite pissing around with the darts is Peter Wright. And let's be honest, I can just see it being those two. They've got the pedigree in this yeah, event. They know what to do. Gerwin Price is coming in with the pressure of being world number one and world champion in an event in which he's never made the final four of. 
Yeah. He's got and a target think, on his pack. The thing for me about... What's that, sorry? He's got a massive target on his back as well this time. No crowd on his back, but a big target saying, come on, come and take my title. It's weird that you think about... Well, obviously, you know, he's deservedly world number one, particularly for the back end of the year that he had. But he ain't done anything in the match play. Before last year, and I appreciate it was a good one, hadn't done anything in the Grand Prix. He's never... I'm trying to think of a leg play title, rank title, that he's won from the Grand Slam, obviously. I'm trying to think. I don't think he's won it, has he? Despite the fact they say he hates set play. Apart from those two Grand Slams, he won a, I don't think he's won a leg play title. I think so. I mean, they're still pretty good titles to win, and to go back yeah, to back and defend that, anything not... takes some doing in this era. But yeah, you're right. His, his predominant success recently has been in set play events, not leg play events. And look, when it comes down to it, the last couple of years, Bryce has said it himself. He's bombed doubles, and I'm still not convinced. Look, the performances we saw from him in the semi-final and the final of the World Championship were different level on the finishing. They are two of the most complete performances on the outer ring you are ever likely to see under the most intense pressure. But I'm still not convinced that in those crucial moments, he's not Gary Anderson 2.0. Also as well, like, yeah, okay, he's won the World Series and he's won the World Cup. Yeah, fine. But for me, they don't count because they're not ranked. So that's, that's just... Sorry, I know you like the World Cup, God, but hear me out on this one. In my opinion, in this in, in this sense, he hasn't. He finished tenth in his first Premier League, and then he's gone back to back fifth, missing out on the top four, near by one point, and last on leg difference. He draws too many games, and he knows this. Like he's already said it himself. He's he's even talked about it, as you said about missing doubles and bombing doubles. Big up, he's got this is the year he has to finish in the top four. I'm not suggesting he will go and win the thing, I don't think he will. I mean, everyone's talking about it in the chat room about you know whether Van Gerwen's book his favorite just on his pedigree. Yeah, but there's a reason why he's book his favorite because he's won four out of the last six titles, including he's won five titles, four out of the last six, and four on the spin. Come on now. I'm not even sure it's his pedigree. The performances have not been bad. Not 100%. Uh, Reese, if you follow the show, non ranked events. Yeah, Reese has asked, asked this, this tournament doesn't count. Uh, look, not for me because it's not ranked, but hashtag what's a major? Yeah, uh, people saying the Grand Prix, Jar did say apart from the Grand Prix last year. If you. No, it, but Grand, Grand, Grand Prix is also set play. As well, Grand Prix set play. Not leg. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, you know that this isn't uh, an online dart show. We don't sit on the fence here. Early predictions. We can change. You can change your mind at the halfway point. But now, right, but right now, gentlemen, who gets relegated? And who finishes in the top four? Do you want relegation first? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll all do relegation first. Rob Cross and Dimitri Vandenberg. Ooh. 
Because Jimmy's not fit. That's simple. That's a simple reason why. If he was fit, I'd probably say Aspor does it. But because he's not 100% fit, I think that he'll get relegated. Crossing Jimmy. It's the other two for me. Durant and Aspinall. Cobb's going for last year's finalists to be relegated. Has that ever happened in the prep? Has that ever happened? Not both happen? of them. I don't think, I don't think any of them have. Uh, Barney has been, hasn't he? Barney's been relegated before and he won it. Not, yeah, but, not, but not the year mm-hmm. after they won it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I think. Right, yeah, who do I think is going relegated? I'm going for Rob Cross and Nathan Aspinall. Interesting. Yeah, it's between the four, isn't it? It's it's between the four. Cross, Dimmy, Dozza and Asp. Uh, with the way they're playing. It has to be. I, I, I just think that Dozza will There's no reason why Gary couldn't get dragged into that. He, he was not all that good at the Super Series. I think Jose was a little bit Anderson. too much for these guys. Anderson, no, Jack, his performances at the Super Series weren't great. Anderson, right, and then he drops off. Super Series. And Dirk beat virtually everybody at the Super Series. Didn't win a title. Don't don't talk to me about Dirk Van Dyke not being in this <laughs> Premier League. It's a crying shame that he's not in the Premier. Crying. Joe Cullen shame. beat virtually everybody. James Wade beat yep. a lot of people. The, one win does not don't make Gary Anderson's season so far. Be in the league, God. <laughs> what one winner in the Don't... Super Series over Price does not make Gary Anderson's season so far, especially as Price was shocking in that game, if I remember right. Price was shocking from most days, for two of the days out of the four. <laughs> exactly. And that's the other thing, right? Shocking. He put in two very, very good performances, but he lost two games where he was nowhere near the races, nowhere near the level you expect from the one and one. And look, these guys play that many darts nowadays, it's impossible for these guys to produce their A game day in, day out. And, and Price has learned to win with his B game. That's why he is now world number one. Because he doesn't have to produce the top level to win day in, day out. But he does have that slip, that falter in him. And you can't do that in this Premier League because it will cost you a point. Yep. Yep. Fair point. Right. Shall I say evening to Jason Askew in the chat room. Hope you are well, buddy. See you back in Who the does? live league soon. Uh, right, we've done relegation. That guy can play. Very good. 100%. But let, 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 let's be fair, I, I spoke to him about this. He's had a good schooling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Um, Right, so who finishes in the top four as we stand right now? We'll, we, we'll, we'll reassess this after nine nights. But right now, who are your top four? Do you want them in order? order? Yes. Yeah. Not of, where, not of where, who's going to win the title, but I go in the no, order that I think they finished the, the league The phase. order of the top four will finish before the finals. Okay, in fourth, I have Johnny Clayton. Do you want me to do all okay. four of mine, or should we go four, four, four? Yeah, go on, yeah, go on, do all four of yours. In third, I have him making the knockouts for the very first time, Gerwin Price. 
in second, the former world champion Peter Wright, and in first, Michael Van Gerwen, doing what he does. Fourth place. And now there is absolutely no surprises left for any of my paragraphs in Jar's, in Jar's pieces for the rest of the week. <laughs> no, but it is what it is, mate. You know, <laughs> you, you have to do we have to do it on this show. Um, fourth place will be Peter Snakebite Wright. Third place will be Michael Van Gerwen. Second place will be Gerwin Price. And first place will be the ferret, Johnny Clayton. Yep. Big shot. I'm going there, boys. Ferret to finish top on debut, just like Lender and he's the most he is the most consistent player in 2021. And consistency in this format is the name of the game. Johnny Clayton will become just the fourth player to finish top of the league phase. You heard it here first. Get on it now. Right. I am going. Michael Van Gerwen to win it. Finish first. Second. I'm going... Only you could go in reverse order just so you could talk about Van Gerwen first. No, it's not. Cause I, I'm still trying to mind that. Who doesn't fourth? Because I'm, I'm torn. Um, Gerwen Price will finish second. Oh, 1996, tune, Beth from Neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Joe Price third. I'm sorry, second. Third will be Peter Wright. Fourth, I'm going for Gary Anderson. I thought you might. I've just got a funny feeling that the Flying Scotsman is going to nick a tell you what, playoff spot. Yeah. If you get if you get MVG, Price, Wright, and Gando as a top four, that finals night for a, for a night back in front of fans, you know, that's not a bad way to start the bank holiday weekend on that Friday. Oh, it, 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 it'd be absolutely electric. But now we've said that, fanzine will have Jose, Dimitri. Cross. I don't mean, I don't mean that horribly, but like, the fans would want to see Price, MVG, and, and right. But you you watch, if, if there's fans back, they'll throw a spanner ropes. Peter's in the chat room. Peter, can you tell us what darts you're going to use next week, please? Straight barrel or torpedoes? <laughs> Also, um, Jack says, talking, Jack talking about MVG and, and all of us saying that he'll finish first. Have you not seen the man in the Premier League? If, if, like, I'm not being funny, but like, he, he loves this event. He's finished top seven of the last eight years. It's not like he's never done it before. And the way he played in that UK Open was pretty mint. He just ran into a Luke Humphreys that was, had a performance of his day. So, 
Well, the same with Dave Chisnell in the World Championships. The same with Simon Whitlock at half the majors before that last year. I'm going to keep saying Whitlock. Van Gerwen is not playing badly. In terms of three-month rolling average, Van Gerwen is top. Yeah. He's still averaging over 100. He's the only man in the world to be averaging over 100 on the last three months of his rolling average. It is taking good <laughs> performances to beat Michael Van Gerwen right now. And the thing is... That's not going to happen for nine nights in a row. It might happen once or twice, but you think we're still, we're not. Mangoan hasn't lost first round at a lot of these. He's been losing in the quarters, the semis. Been getting beat once he's gone deep. He's already put in performances to beat people. Yeah. And Jack also, so I, know, I'm not I have a feeling this is where it comes like, good. Yeah. Jack, this, I'm not disrespecting your view, mate. Look, everyone is, everybody has an opinion. It's what makes the sport great. I just find it hilarious that so I just find it hilarious that people are just expecting Van Gogh. I'm just not because Van Gogh isn't doing what he normally does, which is win titles left, right, and centre. People just seem to forget about him. Like, you know, he's he's been playing some superb stuff. He's just ran into performers that just take the game away from him that you just can't live with. I mean, what is he what is he averaging? Around 102, 103. Last three months, just over 100, I think it is. Yeah, so... But that's it. You know. this makes it fit. 100.5. The next closest uh, is Johnny yeah. Clayton at 99.03, so it's a point and a half away. Gerwin Price, 98.95. Jose D'Souza is the only other Premier League player. Oh, no, Peter Wright, 98.38. Jose D'Souza, 97.7. Only four of this Premier League tenor in the three-month rolling average list. Whilst I think Clayton finishes top of the Premier League, I don't think that he wins it, obviously. There's only one player that's winning it. But are we, are we making predictions now, Barzi? Yeah, why not? From your Van top Gerwin. four. Van Gerwen. <laughs> he wins it. Job. What happens? Peter Wright. Don't, don't, don't pretend, Barzi. Genuinely, I'm genuinely, on one night. Don't say Gando. <laughs> Gary Anderson. Oh, of course. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going for Gando, on, let's on forget. One... Gando, Gando missed four match darts to beat Glenn Durant in the semi-finals last year. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. On one night, Gando goes berserk. He's got to get there first, Phil, and that's where I think he's going to struggle. Because I don't disagree that Gando can go berserk, and I don't disagree that he can produce majestic performances, but the match play and the World Championship last year, like we keep saying... He was very much surprised he was in that final too. And without being disrespectful, the performances from his opponents weren't great. I don't think that keeps happening in the Premier League. He has to step it up. He has to find another gear this time. And to be honest, this, this Premier League could be the making of Gary Anderson for the next 18 months. It could be the thing 
that sparks him yep. back into life. Because like I said, he has to step up. He has to find another gear now. He can't keep coasting along, picking off points and, and hoping to be at the business end of tournaments if players drop off and he gets away with one. That won't happen in the Premier League. And let's not forget that since the World Championships, he's been pretty poor. Now, you know, what? He made, just going through it now, he made the second round of the Masters, losing out to Adrian Lewis, and went out the fourth round in the UK to Dirk, I think it was, wasn't it? Remember since me correctly? Yeah. I mean, I'm, he'll be one player that is very glad Dirk van Dijvenbrode has not been picked for this Premier League because he has Gary Anderson's number. Yes, I mean, he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't. <laughs> let's not let's let's not take the mick here. Gary did beat him five-one at the World Championships in the quarterfinals not too long ago. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting, right, guys? We'll go through the chat room because you guys have been absolutely insane when we've been talking about the Premier League. Still, got lots to talk about, but we'll do some Premier League questions um, now. Um, welcome along everyone new to the chat room as well make sure you give us a thumbs up as well make sure you hit that subscribe button and welcome along to the journey then you jump out about the premier league i think people just giving loads of predictions i think it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's nice to see so many predictions nice to see so many like people are suggesting that gary can go and win it Barzi. i don't know what you told them <laughs> they know when you know you know talking rubbish Bowsy talking rubbish <laughs> uh, that's what this entire show's about for two hours a week what do you expect that is true to be fair well, I mean yeah. if you are new to the channel thanks for subscribing for the first off and secondly welcome to the madness that is the live lounge every Monday we just chat nonsense but that's why it's great. We give opinions. There's no sitting on the fence. Everyone in the chat room gets involved. And that's why we've got this great community. Yes. Oh, Simon. That's a good question. <laughs> that's a very good question. Can you see anyone making it to judgment night? Let me go through. Let me go through the fixtures. See how it works out. Undefeated, maybe... yes. Winning all, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that... a fair assessment. Arsenal Invincible is where they're clinging on for draws at the back end of the season, but they're the greatest team ever. Possibly. Someone that wins You're... every game. Nah. Not, that, not, not that I'm bitter, but Robert Perez's dive against Portsmouth earlier in that run is one of the worst dives in Premier League history. Talk, don't talk to me about Ruth Van Nistelrooy is all I'm going to say on that one. <laughs> Still hurts every time. Um, so, yeah, no, going back to, I think it's Simon's question. Do I think someone can go undefeated? Yes, but not winning every game. I think there'll be some draws in there. Joe, we'll come back to that question a little bit later when we do question time, because that's a really good question. I'm like that. So give me on that to, to give it a second on that one. Um, Jess says, "What about happens if D'Souza wins? Um, that's huge. If D'Souza wins, because it because whilst the Grand Slam's big, 
to see him win the Premier League would be huge for his native Portugal. And to, would and I said again in the in the in the article, if he could be around PDC top brass for a long time in terms of the top ten, top eight of the world, all that sort of stuff, that could open so many markets for the PDC. And as we all know, Uncle Barry loves to have markets. He's what he likes. He likes new some, markets. Did someone say a week-long tournament in the Algarve? Please. <laughs> on stay, uh, I, heard the Caribbean. Night in I heard the Caribbean nice this time of year, Barzi. No, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's not nice <laughs> I've heard, I've heard a certain, I've, I mean, I heard the DRA definitely like it in there. <laughs> uh, um, right, that is the Premier League, which I'm genuinely looking forward to. Now, another one that has cropped up a load on social media over the last few weeks has been obviously the huge success of the Online Darts Live mm-hmm. League. And more to the point, the fact that we've seen some of the old legends playing in it. Um, it's been the, the social media buzz last week when Colin Monk played Richie Burnett was unbelievable. And I was surprised. I was surprised you didn't have a crisis, Barzi. I was surprised you didn't have a crisis by the end of it. He did. I, I, I had a row one seat. I was over the moon. I, I, I had a row one seat. I was over the moon. But just the whole buzz and, and the clamour around this says to me there is definitely a market for some kind of seniors event, boys. But the, the, the noise and the buzz around social media is too big to ignore, I think. Mar- I mean, Mardle nearly... I mean, Way Mardle pretty much blabbed it on social, so we know it's coming, <laughs> maybe in 22. <laughs> so... Um... No, look, it'd be huge, wouldn't it? Like, who wouldn't like to see Taylor? I mean, I was going to say Barney then, but he's qualified. Although, to be fair, he might go back and play exhibitions. Who knows? Let's not go down that road tonight, boys. I can't be bothered. Um, who would like it to see Taylor, uh, Mardle, Monk, Burnett, all of them back together on a Legends tour? I mean, it would certainly do the channel numbers. Let's say that. We'd love it. We'd love to keep it here. <laughs> Yeah, look, it was just... John Lowe, Dennis Priestley, John Walton's yep. still about. Dozer, uh, not Dozer. Tony O'Shea, Daryl Fitton, Martin Adams can not still part. throw a mean dart. Let's not be around the Webby? bush on that one. John Park. Is Webby old enough? No, he isn't. But, like, would he be great to see him in that league? Absolutely. Get him in. Nico, Mace? Put them all in. Trina. I'll chuck Trina in. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, like, let, Les Wallace today, although he lost all five, it was his Dublin that let him down. He actually scored quite well. He just missed a lot of darts at a double. But it could, it could so happen. And I, and I would love, 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 love to see it. Richie Burnett was the highlight of my week last week. I'm not going to lie. And the 109 average he put in on, I think it was Thursday... Well, Wednesday or Thursday was just absolutely stunning. There it is. I mean, Henry's... What a, what a game. Oh, yeah, there it is. 
Henry's put a good chat thought in the chat room, to be fair, right? World seniors, maybe 16 players, round one best of 11, quarterfinal best of 15, semi-final best of 19, final best of 21. That would do numbers. Put that on for a week-long tournament. People will watch it. 100%. Good call, Henry. Good call. Like that. Love that. Yeah, look, it was just it was just brilliant to watch and listening to them all chatting afterwards. They lo- they they were loving every minute of it, and even when they were playing the youngsters and stuff like that, they were like, "I can beat him. I want to beat him." That competitiveness just doesn't go away from these former greats of the game. Doesn't go away from me online on No One, mate. There's no way it goes away from these guys. They're serial winners. And all I'll say is, is that, you know, the more the more they keep playing, Barsley, the more our subscriber numbers keep up. We're nearly at 7K. If people can help us it's do great. that over the next few days, that'd be great. Terry, yeah, we missed one. Sure. I want Terry Jenkins in. And when he wins it, he's finally won a major. <laughs> if he loses in the final, I will cry for the man. If, if we get Terry Jenkins back to play in a senior's tour and he loses in the grand final, I will... I don't know. I will be beside myself. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, Mardle's a, yeah. a major champion now because he won the PDC Walk-On World Cup. So get get Richie, get uh, Terry Jenkins back. He'd love it. Yeah, look, 100%. But the, the success of the, the Live League has been just absolutely brilliant. It's been great to watch. It's been great content. Um, and yeah, it's just right up there. Um, other news in and around the darting scene this week. This is more of a generic image because they did a lot of this over the weekend. But mad over the weekend will make a lot of noise again, Gob. And first of all, we'll come to the tie-up that they've got with the UKDA. A good thing for amateur darts that we've got organisations willing to work together and pull in the same direction again. Yeah, I completely agree. Look, even if nothing actually comes out of the partnership in in terms of benefits for the players, the fact that these two organisations, the effective future of grassroots starts within the UK right now, are communicating with each other. That means we're not going to have crossover of events. There's going to be that clear channel of communication. And they've both got lines with the PDC. They're both going to try and do what they can between the organisations to fill the calendar appropriately, like I say, without clashing with any major events to ensure that as many dart players can play in as many darting events throughout the year. Uh, part of the merger, if you like, it's not a merger because they're not the same company, but part of the partnership will mean that county players now get MAD ranking points. And there's been a lot of scrutiny around the mad system because they're trying to do lots of things at once. They've launched a lot of things all together. They've, they've launched an entire system instead of building one thing up, then introducing something else, then introducing something else. And I think the fact that people haven't been able to play in it or, or see how it physically works because their leagues haven't been able to get up and running is has been a difficult thing for mad to get it through to the amateur's heads. But I think once things start opening up, I keep saying we keep using that phrase in the UK, but the roadmap is going well. Touch wood at the minute. We are step one of the roadmap today. Outdoor sports has returned. 
the amount of people playing golf today has been ridiculous. Um, I probably would have been one of them if it wasn't this time of month for my other job and possibly having sciatica sat here right now is quite painful sat in here after an hour. But look, we're on step one. It's it's looking good and darts will return pretty soon. Yeah. Two weeks look. today. And two weeks today, God, Philip and I will have had our hair cut and I can't bloody wait. Just <laughs> I'm, I'm putting an A, 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 a year and a half for another week. I'm going to week I'm, after. I'm Twenty past four is my time, and I can't bloody wait. <laughs> yeah, um, um, Pim, great, mate. I know Dars aren't you, but yes, we'll come on to that in a second. Um, I'll say all I will say is, is that I don't know why. I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't really know why Mad and um, UKD are currently involved, Phil, because the BDO is alive and well. So. You know, I don't see why we needed it to. By popular uh, demand. By popular demand, the uh, the BDO website's back up and running, and the BDO is very alive and well. We've even got a trophy. Yeah, I, I, I suppose that if we could get to a situation where the WDF, MAD, and UKDA could all work together in the UK, that would be like the things dreams are made of for amateur darts as well. That's my issue, is once the WDF open up, they're then competing for the same market. And that becomes a competition, not something you can work together on. They can, they can try and avoid big events on the calendar for each other, but effectively, MAD and WDF have the same intentions and ambitions for the amateur game. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've played English pool for long enough and, and been around different rule sets and governing bodies within that and if anybody is aware of the structure of English pool within this country you'll know just how messy that gets yeah um, yeah no I agree but I still think that there could be something in it where they could possibly do some crossover no, I don't know the ins and the ins and outs of it. And like you say, um, we'll know more that the MAD system has been very heavily criticised because it's not because it can't be fully done. Um, and someone else in the chat room, where it said, "Can we explain the way the belt system works?" Look, the belt system at the moment seems complicated because you can't see the lower end of how MAD works. That your local leagues and your local opens will all earn mad points where you'll then top your region and, and, and stuff like that and then you can go through your region it, it's literally taken from the way boxing is done in terms of you fight for southern area titles you then move up you fight for a British title um, Commonwealth European and, and do well so it's very much done in regions and you work your way up um, Mad released a very good video that was um, narrated by Nico at the weekend, which does explain it more. And like you say, with more and more things opening up, it will then become a lot more obvious how these roads and everything works. I mean, again, you, you've made in you made this point about the WDF being the organisation to globalise the sport. Yeah, amateur wise, it probably is. 
I mean, look, we, we're looking for we're looking for something to do with obviously with the World Championships that evolved with the WDF. But in terms of actually promoting the sport globally, there's only one really organisation PB that can do that, really, isn't it? And that's the PDC. Yes, because it's... look, my, my my issue with the WDF system and structure is it's just the BDO reincarnated, and that's been that has been going wrong. For 15, 20 years. That that's my worry. Well, it hasn't, it hasn't. The actual grassroots side of the BDO hasn't been doing a lot wrong. People are still content and happy to pop along to various opens in different countries, play darts, meet new people, and the social aspect of it. Where it's gone wrong is the part of the BDO that has been liquidated. The the BDO enterprises, the big commercial arm that leads up to a big world championship. That's the issue. It just depends how the WDF set their criteria to qualify for those events. We've already seen some people are in through the virtual cup or in the masters and that sort of thing. Wolfie mentioned it in the interview that we did with him the other day. That's the difference. It's from what I can tell over the last couple of years, darts folk are very stubborn. Nobody likes change. Absolutely nobody likes change. But darts folk are clearly very, very stubborn and are very happy to continue doing the same thing and then moan about it afterwards rather than try something new. There is absolutely no other logical reason for voting Des Jacklin back in as the BDO chairman or Sue Williams the amount of times he did previously when they had enough evidence sat in front of them that it wasn't going well. And people are going to be slow to change as they are to everything. And it's an unfortunate time for MAD to have launched because they cannot fully showcase the range of events and and different systems they're trying to build. Yeah, 100%. Um, Wimby says, man, it's not for amateur darts yet, at least. Yeah, look, long term it is, mate. You'll see more once... We're allowed to mix and mingle again, and you will get mad points for your local leagues, um, your super leagues, your county now, um, your, your open competition. So it genuinely is for amateurs. Yes, that they've got some very good names showcasing it at the top, which is great for them. But long term, it certainly is for amateurs. Um, and Pim says about the WDF investing in countries like Egypt, Iran. No, I agree, mate, but that can only go on so long. At the end of the day, the WDF is still a business and they have to make money to pay out prize money and everything like that. Will they make money in these territories? I'm not convinced. Well, the other thing is that the JDC is is Steve Brown. And all right, the companies aren't inherently linked at the minute, but there's the effective feeder and performance path from the JDC into MAD or the PDC and the development tour that way. And they're investing in the regions like China. And we've seen from the videos that Steve Brown put out last year, the development over there is absolutely ridiculous. It's probably on a bigger scale than we saw snooker take off. And it will only be a couple of years before they've got serious numbers attempting to compete again. So it's getting that balance right. There's there's only so many territories and new areas of the world to go to. There's only so many areas of the world that are going to take to the sport. Football is, is probably the most widely recognised sport in the world, and even that isn't 
the biggest sport in a lot of regions. It's still slow on the uptake in, in certain areas. It's just conquering those regions. In, in terms of areas to target, the USA and Asia seem to be the two big two. And the PDC, MAD, and JDC are the ones that have got their fingers in those pies, not the WDF. And Nordic and Baltic yeah. as well. Let's not forget yeah, yes, I, the Nordic I, I and the Baltic region. I, I completely agree, God, but the way the JDC is structured in all these countries will just lead into MAD extremely well. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially yeah. with the Phoenix tie-up as well that MAD are going to have an area for soft tip as well. You look at Asia they're, they're, as well, they're, in particular they're, the Asian market. You look at the Asian market as well at the moment in particular, soft tip's still absolutely massive over there. Some of the tournaments yeah. and all that sort of stuff as well is mental. So, you know, I mean, Weekly Darts Cast, good evening to you guys. Uh, just to say as well, he says, well, it's my, I presume it's Al from, uh, from Woody Darts Cast, not too sure. Uh, it might be Burton, to be fair. Uh, whichever one of the... Pardon? That, that being said, someone asking about Scott Ratton four comments later makes me think that one's Alex and Weekly Darts Cast might actually be Burton. But you never know. <laughs> but uh, so, <laughs> UKDA and MAD link up and makes sense to both primarily UK focus. Let's give the WDF a chance. Yeah, look, of course. Anything that's going to try and improve the amateur game is massive. But I think this is where the BDO cocked up more than anything else to try and pretend as if it was going to be sort of professional organisation towards the back end of 2015, 16, when it really wasn't. And you think about it. Once Jacqueline really took over, it was all in. It was it was all dying of death as it was anyway. But if the WDF can produce a world championship that can springboard players in towards Q school, uh, the thing is, Barzi, you think, and I can't see it happening, but I just thought I'd throw it out there anyway. Do you think that if the WDF and the PDC would ever link up, like say for instance, if they won the WDF World Championship? they would then pay for them to go to PDC Q schools. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those where they're not, not trying to compete with the PDC, but the PDC is like that sort of... Fee- the, the, the WDF can be that feeder organisation, as it were, into the PDC. Not in the next five or six years. Um, Matt Porter has openly said that, that they're willing to work with the amateur bodies, but they need to prove themselves first. And that's going to take time to build that trust, that bond and that development. For, so that, that's going to take five, six years to build that into the system, I think. And also as well, when you think about it, you, you, you look back at it and you think, okay, but also as well, they've got, they've got their own amateur, in inverted brackets, if you like, of their own side of the development tour and the challenge tour, as it is anyway, because obviously they've got the JDC link up, they go to the dev tour, then you go to the challenge tour, then you go through to the senior tour if you're good enough. So they have their own sort of amateur, again, I used to use the phrase in bracket, you know, in quotation marks, but amateur way of thinking about it. Yeah, we darts cast, we'll see you in Torremolinos in 2022. We can't wait. Yeah, uh, Jane, James has just made a point. He said, if you want to make money as a dart player, stick to the PDC. Completely disagreement. I won't name them, but I know two very well-known amateur players that made over 35 grand in 2019 by playing amateur darts. 
There is so a market there. there good that there is money in the amateur game. It, it's not all about the top level. Yes, the, for the glitz and the glamour, and if you want to go on and become a millionaire from darts, yes, the PDC is the way. But you could make a living playing amateur darts if it's done right. Mark also asked about mad champions in the Grand Slam. Look, I think the world champion potentially will, might get a Grand Slam slot. Might it not, Barzi, in the next couple of years? No, I, I think for the next four or five years, the Grand Slam will be PDC only. Oh. Until... Uh, the, the, the PDC aren't going to take a chance on giving organisations wildcards until they're established, proven, and at a certain level. The only, the only problem with that is that I've said, you know, we, we, everybody who's watched this show very often, and to those people that are new, I will say this now, I, I have my reservations about the Slam, as it were. But at least the Slam had something unique about it. Even if a ranking event did have invited players, which, you know, outside the BBC system, which I thought was a bit odd. Um, but at least there was something different about it. Once you get to the group stages, it's just like the match play. And that's the problem. I, get it. I, I, I said this year, the, the Slam didn't feel like the Slam for that reason. It, the UK Open is the UK Open because of the amateur element. Look, we understand this year it couldn't happen. And there was reasons behind that. That that goes without saying. But last year, the fact that the Slam didn't have the eight invited players, it lost a little bit of glitz and a little bit of glamour um, for me. It just wasn't the same. And also as well, you think about the Mad Champions as well. The Mad Champions will definitely be on the will be on the Challenge Tour. And if you finish top of the Challenge Tour, you'll get yourself a card. So if you're good enough, you'll eventually get to the so, yeah, hundred um, percent. It'll be forward to it. It'll be decent. So yeah, just just, listen, just listening to, to Steve Brown talk about the mad stuff in general was was really exciting. Um, and that the more the country opens up, the more grassroots darts will flourish. No matter if that is with Mad, the WDF, or or just the, the general Super League and County setup. The but the hope is, and I was chatting to. The guys from Hampshire and Gob, you'll probably know as well because you're involved. There are provisional county fixtures set for September. The fixtures are out. They came out this week. I, I, I spoke to them like last week, so probably just before it came out. They they said there was provisional fixtures set for September, which is great. I shared the Derbyshire ones because opening day is Derby versus Knotts, and whilst I live in Knotts and a massive Knotts guy. A referee for Derbyshire, so that's a, a big one to open the account. Eighteenth uh, and nineteenth of September, second and third of October, sixth and seventh of November, twenty seventh, twenty eighth of November, eleventh, uh, twelfth December, eighth and ninth of January, fifth and sixth of February, twenty sixth and twenty seventh of February. Very clever aboard in Valentine's Day and twenty sixth, twenty seventh of March. Yeah, love the fact that the county darts is coming back and you could well see us popping up at a few county venues soon. I'm only half an hour from Hampshire. Gob will be there as well. So we will be covering I'm some of the county stage. aspects. I can't wait. The only way I'm going to get on stage. As and, as and when we can. 
Right, gentlemen, it's that time. You know what's coming. Let's open up the chat room. It's question time because this always goes on. This always goes on really well. So, guys, chat room is open. Let's start with that question then that Pim asks about Iceland and not the supermarket. Um, well, certainly for the UK people here. Um, Barry, what do you think that Barry's going to do in Iceland? I think was the was the main premise of the question. Uh, bear with me one second. Where is it? Barry Hearn has something coming up for Iceland. What do you think, Euro Tour World Series? Well, if we know Barry, Uncle Barry doesn't go to big places unless he knows he can fill the venue out. So because of that, the only way that he's going to get in there to start off, there'll be a Euro Tour. That's how it works. And if the big stuff comes in, they may get a World Series. They may have to pay, play, excuse me, pay a pretty penny to do so, but it could be there. And then if they, again, do, do you, I guess it's a wider context question, boys. Do we reckon that the, that the Premier League goes fully global, as it were? Like, we're going to go to Iceland. We're going to go to places like Portugal, Spain, eventually. Eventually, if the, oh, yeah. if, if the support is there. Not, I, I think we're about 15 years away from a global Premier League. The logistics of it is an absolute nightmare and all right whilst we can sit here and, and slag off our home arenas nottingham birmingham sheffield manchester all the ones that we've earmarked as, as slightly worse atmospheres in comparison they still fill seven and a half eight thousand people week in week out without any travel restrictions that we've now got due to brexit and the like so yeah i don't see that moving too far as yet as for Iceland, I definitely think it's one of the two, be it a World Series or a European Tour. Um, the, the problem with a World Series is you have to have eight players that can compete with the Premier League, with the, with the top boys they're going to take over. You, you don't want them to go over average mid-60s and get absolutely battered because that's a waste of time. That does not show off Icelandic darts at all. Problem with Euro Tour is you've got to fit it into the calendar and compete with Germany, where everything else is already located, you've got to move the rig up to Iceland as and when you want it for a one-off, but you don't have to fill as many players. So I think that's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for the proof that they've either got a solid eight or certainly a solid field from the Nordic and Baltic players. They could they could fill it from a couple of those as well, from the rest of Scandinavia. Um, but yeah, we're going to see an event in Iceland at some point. That's the only logical explanation from Barry. He doesn't get involved unless it's one of those. Yeah, and someone said in the chat room, have you seen any Icelandic darts? Yeah, I've seen a bit on Facebook. I must admit, I'm not, I wouldn't say I was an expert in it, but I've watched it a bit on Facebook. Um, and look, yeah, we've seen the Scandinavia. They took a Euro tour there. The numbers were unbelievable. And now they've got a World Series event. So there's a logical thing there that if the numbers make sense, it will happen. It, with, with Barry, it's all about numbers. If the numbers add up, things will happen. If they don't add up, they don't happen. That's the the, 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 the crux of it. Simon says Phil Foden's about to switch to darts. Yeah, he's going to take Mason Greenwood with him, I think, as well. 
Yeah. Um, uh, Joe, I'll tell you what we'll do because notice down question books. I think it's a nice question to end on question time. Who are your top three most underrated darts players of all time? I think that's a nice question to end on. Let's do that. So, Joe, we're not ignoring it. We'll come back to it. A couple of people in the chat room have talked about whether the PDC should switch to windmill when Unicorn expires, when the contract expires. I think it's 22, maybe said it correctly. Gob, you know a little bit about the boards. You have a you 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 and Barzi were having a chat about the boards around this. The unicorn boards aren't that bad, are they? A lot of it's personal preference. A lot of it is down to the new equipment that the players are playing with, the points, the way that they throw. There's, there's an entire combination of factors. Are they the absolute best dartboard available? Possibly not. Do they do the job required? 100%. They, we, we've seen the reports and stuff before. There's a perception they're not as good. Um, but personally, if, if you look after a board properly, you turn it at home enough and all the like, they're absolutely fine. The only issue we ever get with the boards at the minute is with players using super aggressive points and, and shredding it. And quite frankly, it, they say that it's, it's to reduce bounce outs and that sort of thing. I think the bounce out rate in the PDC is incredibly low. And a lot of the time, I think it's down to the player's own actions. They're trying to enter yeah. at an angle where the dart is far too steep and it's just not conducive for force through the board. That's the thing. A lot of it as well for me at that level is storage issues. For those that don't know, dartboards are made from sizal, which is a plant. It's it's a living thing. Now, if they're stored, or sorry, stored at room temperature consistently, they're fine. The issue is, with any event, is boards are travelled around the country because there's no set place to have them. So they're coming out of the back of a cold truck and they go straight from like a freezing cold temperature or a very low temperature onto a stage that's extremely hot. And it just, that kills it for me. Um, but like, like you say, are, 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 the, are the unicorn boards the best in the board, best in the market? For me, no. But they're not as bad as the stick they get. Completely. And they're made to look um, a lot worse, like I said, by aggressive points and equipment that's changed. You didn't see the amount of... Look, the only difference you would have seen in points 20 years ago is the length. Players have started to use longer points because it gives them more range within the board. That means there's less force behind the dart when they're actually going in. The, the weight is further back, so it's more likely to, to fall out. And the like. So players have looked for different ways of keeping their equipment in while trying to give themselves the biggest advantage possible. There's a few more on yeah. boards in the chat room. How often do you turn your board and how often do you need a new board? I mean, I've had mine since... December, I've turned it uh, one, two. I think I've got four more rotations in it. So what I do is I start on the 20 and I turn to the 10 every time. So it's three spaces round. If you constantly do that way, uh, anti-clockwise, you'll get back round to the original without ever doubling up on anything. 
So if you only turn it two segments at a time or you just randomly pick, then I think you get in a little bit of trouble. It, it gives you a nice even cover. The same segments start to wear down nicely. I turn mine about every three to four weeks. Um, I don't throw the most aggressive points, but there are grooves and, and things on there to help them stay in. Um, so yeah, my board is in pretty good condition still as well. I'll be honest. It's not above a radiator or anything. It's, it's in the middle of a room that's kept at a decent temperature. It's never too cold, never too warm. So yeah, the, the best thing to do with your board is just maintain it properly. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Reese says as well here, I'm guessing you mean this is like the nine darts as they're warming up. I think you mean. Does it count as a nine data in practice if you hit 180, 180, 141? No. So this has been going on social media for a couple of weeks, and yeah. it's saying no. if you're just throwing and you hit those three scores consecutively, does it count as a nine data? None of us have weighed in on this debate previously. Um, darts Rep was no. one that pushed this, and it got a lot of traction on social media recently. Um because so, he, 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 he was marking for 80, wasn't he? you hit you're going to claim it. Yeah. Not, not a nine jar for me. Not a nine. I'm with you. Uh, Chris, talk about the Premier League saying, do you think... I, I'm Jones claiming it. Could... <laughs> no, I'm claiming it as a nine. And look, look, plenty of people will. Look, it doesn't. it's not really a thing, and I'm going to put it in inverted commas, but it, it would be a practice nine. Right, and I'm not sure it's a thing. I think that's a concept we're going to make up. But if you hit 180, 180, 141, you've done exactly that. If I hit a hole in one on a golf course, pissing around practicing, it's, there's been a lot of videos from, from golf players recently in the European Tour did it of chasing the ace, right? And they give players 500 balls in a day to hit hole in one. But once they've already had one shot, technically it's not a hole in one. It's just holding out from where they start, from where the tee box is to the hole. But it's still a, a hole in one. It's the same sort of concept for me. If I hit 180, 180, will Yeah. Do you think that Jose will control what happens at the top and the bottom of the Premier League table? In what sense? Like, do we think that he's no, going to be well? I, I, I guess I should... Jose's the gatekeeper. Yeah. I think above yeah, him are yeah. people contending. Below him are the people that are trying to stay within. If he he can get amongst everybody, he's probably the most middle player in terms of form at the minute. Um, if he takes points off some but not all of the bottom four, he can decide who gets relegated. And if he takes points off some but not all of the top four, he can decide... Where they finish in the semi-final lineup, yeah, that, that's the perfect way to describe Jose's role in this year's Premier League, in my opinion. Tommy says, "Would you bring back news of the World Championship?" Yes, 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 yes. We've talked about this so many times on this show. Absolutely, yeah, It'd be incredible to see it back. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Bill says. Some big names not in trouble qualifying for the Players Championship finals of the world so far. Ad. Jackpot, Lewis, Chris Dobie and Max Hopp, who won't qualify. All three of them will be there. Um, 
all three will be there. I mean, we're talking about AD at the moment because he's just not performing well, but I can't see how he doesn't qualify for the World Championship. I just can't. AD's probably the biggest problem out of the three, if you want me to be honest. AD doesn't look at all like he's on it at this moment in time. Um, yeah, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say jackpot. But I don't expect any one of them to miss out. Good question from Henry here. I like this. Like Celtic Manor for the snooker, where would be a unique setting to play a PDC event if you couldn't if you couldn't do it in normal? For example, the Grand Slam at the Shard. I, I was lucky. I was lucky to do the Power at the Tower when Leighton Bennett played Phil at, at the Tower of London. That was amazing. Genuinely brilliant. So I like this question. Oh. I want the match play, or I want one of the biggies. I want the match play. Well, 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 the stop, you, stop you there. Sorry. Do you never, Sorry. ever, 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 ever say the match play is leaving the Winter Gardens. I'll change that then. I will go with, I'll go with the Masters then. Why not? Put the Masters on the top, on, on the helicopter pad at the, at the, at the uh, Burj Al Arab in Abu in Dubai. Do it. No thanks. Do it. Why not? If you can play tennis on it, let's play. Uh, let's play it out the top there. Why not? Do it. Nothing. I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> I know you're not the biggest fan of heights, mate. <laughs> well, I'll go that one. Well, I, I, one I, I, I can't stand being up high. Ridiculous, isn't it? Quite, quite a traditionalist or something like that. The Grand Slam at Edinburgh Castle. Ooh, very good. Too cold. All right. Too cold. Players won't like it. They're already wearing thermal base layers. Uh, the Coliseum. Oh, good shot. Oh, yes. In Rome. Good shot. That would be interesting. Uh, the only other one is for. Does the World Championship have a Back to, <laughs> back to the tavern <laughs> or um, Rock City in Nottingham. Bit bit biased there, but Please. that used to be the heart of the Midlands, which is where the first ever world championship was. And, um, and Gob, can we just say, can we go for two Tuesdays as well? Two for one drinks on a Thursday night please. after dark. Yes, please. Please. Um, uh, I'll bring this question up because we were talking about we were at the horn. Oh my god, uh, that's the incredible stuff. We were talking about this on Saturday night when I was watching the White versus Povetkin fight. I'm not a boxing enthusiast like Barzi is, so I'm not going to talk about that. But Reese says, "Who will sponsor the worlds after Will Hill?" Because, as far as I'm aware, I don't because because the contract runs out next year, does it not, Barzi? Why is he hiding? <laughs> oh, sorry. You don't know anything, do you, Barzi? Uh, about that? No, 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 I don't know who's going to sponsor it, but there's a little bit of in, inside info because I work within the industry as well. That William Hill were obviously bought out by Caesars Group in America, and when it was all bought out and done, that the powers that be that now own it were told William Hill could not sign any more sponsorship deals 
in the UK. Hence why the matchroom boxing deal has gone, the AJ deal has gone. And as it stands at the moment, this was this will be the last year of the William Hill World Darts Championship, unless something else changes. Um, but this but, is obviously high above that that's come from. But what I was what was I saying on Saturday, Barzi? I think Mr. Fred Doan and Mr. Hearn go back a long time, do they not? Um, you'd only have to look that Betfred do an awful lot of business with Matchroom in brackets, whether it's World Snooker, Boxing, the, the match play. Could Betfred step in? Yeah, obviously. It will come down to money at the, at the end of the day. Who who can produce the best financial deal to take I mean, the sponsorship deal out? All I'll say is, and we've said it before, that's red, that stage looks lovely in red. <laughs> no bias here at all if you're listening, Alex. <laughs> no, 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 no. That stage, that stage the other, the other thing to party. consider is the massive crunch down on the gambling industry in the UK that the UK government are currently trying to put in. It might not be a bookmaker. The sport has heavily relied on bookmakers in the past. I mean, in the past, well, that, being a, well, if I'm every, yeah, well, it's been the cigarettes, every, crisps, yeah, and then the majority of every single big tournament right now is sponsored by a bookmaker. Every single one of them. Every. There's no. The only thing that I can think of is what with, with someone like a Magnus or. Uh, or like a Randox Health who sponsored the, the Cheltenham and the National in racing, will a big brand want to go, okay, we'll associate ourselves with the World Championship? That's the only thing that I can think of. Yeah, look, it, it, it'll come down to, one, who's got the money to finance it? Mm. Um, and look, um, James makes a very good point there. Look, 365 are the biggest bookmaker in the UK by by an absolute mile. Could that, Could they afford it? Absolutely. Um, yep. it, it, it's an avenue that, to, that they don't currently do anything darts-wise at the moment. So, yeah, look, that, that could happen. I'm not sure how the world stage is looking green. Interesting. Can it be the online darts world championship, Barzi? Look at it yellow. The Mr. Green, Mr. Green Sport, is it? Back to the players' championships back in the day. Yeah. Um, uh, so look, yeah, uh, Calgary, look, these are all massive, massive names. It's just whether they want to be associated with darts. Darts has done a lot of work, despite a certain Premier League player's recent attempts to go back to letting everybody know alcohol is massively involved in the game still to, to clean up the image. Well, players yeah. water on the hockey. No smoking in sight, no drinking, anything like that. They, they've had a massive cleanse of the image of sport for the last twenty years now, really. Unless you're, uh, unless you're, and there is a possibility of bringing someone else. But despite darts being the second most watched televised sport in the UK, it still very much has a target audience. All I'll say is, God, apart from Merv King back at the players, twenty nineteen. That interview with about Rob Cross. Um, yeah. We did have a question actually. 
We did have a question says, uh, from Cam on our writers. We did have we did have a Cam. We, we did have a question from Cam talking about what do we think of the Divi special. We've covered that already, but Gob, you're not a fan of the Divi special, are you? You can admit to it, mate. Drink something proper. <laughs> um, uh, where is it? Carry um, on. Billy said Matt always seemed to bring in big, big sponsorship. Yeah, look, the 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 the, the team at Matchroom <laughs> in general, a commercial team, is one of the best in the sport and business at doing it. So they will get someone in. It's just a case of who. Uh, George, thank you very much, mate. Um, we can one, ask one the Malibu though. World the, the Malibu World Championship. Yeah, I'm sure Dimmy would absolutely love that. Wayne Marder um, back in his shirt. Yeah, to, to be fair, there was I meant to bring this up earlier, which I forgot, but it's a good one for the chat room as well. The World Cup has now officially been moved back to September. Oh, yes. So these pairings are going to have a very different look to what they would have in June. James Wade will, might potentially be the England captain now. Well, barring someone winning the match play, James Wade will be the England captain. With Chizzy. Wade and Chisnell. That's an interesting pairing. <laughs> There'll be a few... Pra- I think they'll practice hard on that one, Barzi, will they not? Yes. <laughs> they'll be on the practice board, God, will they not? Um... James asks, how many 7-0 whitewashes in the Premier League this year? Oh, do we think None. there'll be a whitewash? None. I think there'll be about maybe one, maybe two at max, potentially. None for me. Um, where are we? Let's have a look at the last few then, guys, before we answer the one we were going to finish off. Dan asks, should Nico and Dan, should Paul Nicholson and Dan Dawson get TV commentary to do so well on the Pro Tour? Absolutely. 100%. I've said before, and I'll say it again, I'll say this again, both Nico and Dawson, if you had to name a top five commentary team to lead a championship, in particular a world championship, for me, they would both be in there. 100%. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I think they need they need to adapt a little bit. The way that they currently do it, their job is to, most of the time, as a, as a solo commentator, entertain somebody through things that are not interested. Once you get to the biggest of all stages, the focus is very much constantly on the game. You can't go on the little tangents and, and knowledge bites that they have. And I think that's different in, in capturing an audience for that sustained period of time. But... They've definitely got the ability. That Victor stage looks better than the Betfred stage at the match play. No. Ooh. Not for mine, but... Oh, but gee, I think very from... nice. No, 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 no. Let's not take the mic here. When Betfair sponsored it. It is. Beautiful. Uh, Victor did look... Don't get me wrong, Betfred looked great, but the Victor one looked amazing. Bet... Mm-hmm. Nah, for me, it was always the Betfair... That first stage in yellow, NVG hits the hits the nine. It looks beautiful for me. I like the bet. I like the bet first sponsorship. I really do. It's nice, nice background. Yeah, Stan James. Stan James. God, Stan James. Please. That's like going back to the Skull World Championship. 
Yes. Like the 8 8, was the Holston Premier League at one stage? Holston, then we had White and Mackay. Then McCoy's. 8888. That's a good question. Uh, look, for me, purely and simply for his absolute brilliance on the hockey in terms of how he plays the game, for me, it's a Lagan. Purely and simply for his, purely and simply for his action. I love me some Lagan. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd go a Lagan as well. It's He's just got everything. If when we can see him, when he doesn't stand in front of the bloody camera. Well, Kai Fang Lung has a tour card. That's a good point. So does Arabian. is definitely up there. Paul <laughs> Lim is another. Yeah. Brilliant. Play nice. Play nice. <laughs> And actually, right now, I think Malik Dem is a better player than the Lagan. Ooh. Noel. Elagan's believed his own hype for the last couple of years and has not delivered. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Edward Fawkes is Japan. That's a very good point, to be fair. Yes. I'll tell you what, like he that. absolutely murdered Bridgie. In that interview, Bridget didn't know what to laugh. Disappear. <laughs> Where have you been, Japan? It's one of the best interviews <laughs> I've ever seen. I love, I love Bridget to be absolutely murdered. <laughs> one of the best interviews. The best thing about it was he he took it in good he took it in good spirit. To be fair, on Twitter, I've got a lot of time for that. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Right, come on then. Top three underrated darts players of all time. That's a very good question. Oh, that's a really get the, good get question. Get the well, this one. Who are your top three yeah. most underrated of all time? Yeah. <sighs> what do you class as underrated, though? That's the big thing. Well, different people have different opinions on what they class as under and overrated. So there's there's kind of no right or wrong answer to this. Tommy asks the worst PDC tour card holder ever. Harsh question, I know. So we'll save that for the next live lounge because we've got to we've got to talk about this now. So get back to us either next week. Ruined oh, love probably because he never bloody turned up. Wesley Harms? Or Wesley Harms for the same reason. Same reason. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Great minds think alike, Barzi. Um, Taxi for Spark. Um, most Num- number one on the player. most underrated list is, is easy. Go on. Dennis Priestley. 
Was he underrated though? That's the thing. To be fair, I, I kind of agree. I don't think he gets the same as what the other world champions get. He very much goes under the radar a lot of the time. Ridiculously good at dance. He just dropped off at the wrong moment. Part of me wants to say John Part as well, but actually, if you look at he can't the way no. that he won his titles. He was missed off the wall, Jar. You can't miss him off the bloody wall. <laughs> Again, what a, 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 too fair. That's another time where um, where Clarky probably one of the only time where Clarky got murdered in an interview. The only other time I can remember is when. Taylor, when Taylor beat Mason at the 07 Worlds. <laughs> I've had it for years, Dave. I'm not, it's not nice. I'm not doing it. Um, Your impressions are something else, mate. We want Gary back out next week. Yeah. Um, just want to play darts. That's all he wants to do. I just want to play darts. To be fair, I've got, I've got one. I think Dennis Smith was massively underrated back in the day. Mm. Tell you, would you class this? Would you class Manly as underrated? One dart, because I think he's up there. Don't, I don't think Manly One. did enough. No, no I don't think he did I, enough. Ah, uh, Manly was great. Man, Manly was great. Harrington and Wazza maybe are in the conversation as as they won. Yeah, things, Harrington but... potentially, definitely. I mean. Look, Manly won a Desert Man- Classic. Manly, what did Manly win? Desert Classic. Yeah. So did Barney. Yeah. What did you? <laughs> but Barney would Barney won plenty more. <laughs> no, not Tony Eccles. Go away. Um... Tony Eccles. Poor oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Jamie Caven is a great shout. <laughs> Jamie Caven is a is a fabulous dart player and a very very nice yeah. bloke as well. Um, very. Yeah, to win Larry back in the day. Brendan Dolan doesn't get as much respect as he should, I think. He's won Larry titles Butler. pretty consistently over the last ten years. Larry Butler's up there. Yeah, oh, you're Butler's wrong there. Barney good. is over, not under. That that's that's Barney. Barney can get Barney can get effed. Simple as plain as that. Um, I don't, a lot of people shouting Terry Jenkins. I don't think Terry Jenkins is underrated. I think Terry Jenkins. Has a has a soft spot in a lot of people because of the amount of finals he reached. Genuinely a nice guy, but never quite got over the line in a final. Quality player Would during that cla- period, okay. as was the likes of Andy Hamilton and Robert Thornton for a couple of years was certainly up there. Would you but... class Lloyd? Would, would, would you class Lloydy? I know, I know, he got to work on one spot, but you don't hear him talked about in the same breadth as. Obviously, your Taylors, Van Gerwens, Andersons, and purely and simply because he never won a world championship. If that's the case, then Wade enough. would be underrated. Lloydy? Lloydy made a world yeah. number one. He won a Grand Prix and a match play. So is Daryl Gurney, effectively. He's won two TV majors. Yeah, well, the match. Look, play. I love Lloydy. Lloydy is genuinely. One of the most genuine people you will ever meet in life, not just in darts, but in life. He is such a nice and humble bloke. But he is another one that should have won more. And if you should have won more, you can't be underrated, in my opinion. I think Lloydy got to be up there for me, I think. 
Lloydy has to be. Um, I'd say who genuinely is underrated, even though they've won a lot of TV titles and a lot of world championships. Trina Gulliver does not get the same respect that she that she does. Trina Gulliver won ten world championships. If that was a bloke, I'm not being funny. If that was a bloke, we'd be talking about it for years. Yeah, I'll tell you what else. I think Mervyn King's in the similar sort of boat as Terry Jenkins, though. There's plenty out there that do respect King, but he's got to win one. Phil Nixon is a fantastic shout. What a dark player, what talent he was. I'll tell you what else I think is underrated is Ted Hankey. <laughs> the yes. count? Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Two time And I remember the, the semi final against Chris Mason, because everyone talks about Mason's game against Martin Adams in the quarter final, which is still one of, in my top five games of all time. But in the semi final, Hanky hit 22 180s against Mason. Back in the day was phenomenal. Yeah. I'll tell you Seriously. one, actually. So you won because he's never played in the PDC. Wolfie. Wolfie get, does not get any of the credit that he deserves. What a player he is. There's a few more names that are being mentioned now. Uh, Martin Phillips, Wes Newton, Paul Hogan. Hogan and, and nah. Phillips never really tested himself in the PDC in the era that they needed to. Uh, Lisa Ashton is underrated compared to Fallon. For me, yeah. Oh, don't I, I don't, I don't you know, but she is underrated in comparison. Let's let's not let's not beat around the bush here. But rather in my opinion, particularly in order to grow the women's game, rather than compare them, and I know we've talked about Trina Gulliver with ten bloke you know, ten world championships in comparison to a bloke, rather than compare the achievements, appreciate them for what they are, in my opinion, on that sense. Um I mean, Painter, yeah. Painter's definitely underrated for me. Painter's up there. Andy Fordham. Please, what a man Ooh. Andy Fordham is. Adam Smith-Neil for the amount... <laughs> no. Adam, Adam Smith-Neil Adam Smith for the amount of Blade 4s he's got. That's some collection, that. Get it in the Richard Starts <laughs> Museum, that one. He'll <laughs> <laughs> sell, 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 sell you a ticket for he'll sell you a ticket for a nice decent amount of money. Um. <laughs> Peter Sewani, what a name! What a what a hero! Burnett, yeah. do you know what I can get behind Richie Burnett? Prince of Wales. I take actually no another one beaten, beaten. No, no. to be playing for the left. No, nineteen ninety six world champ. So played in 20 straight match plays in the amount of stuff he's done for the game. He is underrated. Definitely. John Morton. John Lowe? Does Lowe? Does old Simon Face get enough? I mean, Whitlock, potentially. Sure, he's <laughs> yes, been a long time. Added- uh, yes, Lyle. Alan Smith Neal is going to be on the Apprentice next year. Hundred percent. Completely agree with you there. Um, yeah, look. We're, yeah, we yeah, Look. Yeah, okay. He's, but the reason why he's underrated is because he hasn't won anything. Yeah, he's won a Euro, but he ain't done anything apart from that. Matt Doddridge. 
What's that? He did. Well, I don't dispute that, but you've got to win one. Yes, Wallace won the Masters at the same time. Bob Anderson for right, yeah, fair enough. And obviously, riding on a bloody horse. Let's not forget that. Into the circus. And the best 187 celebration. Wadey, yeah, look, Wadey probably is. Bobby George. Probably is the answer. Look, if everybody says James Wade is underrated, the man is not underrated. Yeah, but Wade is the said, answer, though, isn't it? There, there, have been, there have been times in the last couple of years when perhaps James has been underrated, but I just don't think that exists anymore. If everybody is suddenly realising you've been underrating a person for so long, he's no longer underrated. Bobby George. Bobby George, mm-hmm. 100%. And back, in the, back in the day, this, look, people might not like this, but his two new to the world wins are as good as world title wins, in my opinion. Yeah. Michael Smith is not underrated. Not yet. If anything, um, Smith's the other think, one until he starts delivering. Yeah. I think, Barzi, that's a really good, was a really good question to, uh, to talk about, to be fair. Really enjoyed yeah. that. R- nice question to end on. Some really good memories of some fantastic players who are not who aren't in the GOAT conversation. You know, don't ask us to pick the top five again because we're not doing that. Yeah, 100%. Right, everyone, just want to thank you. We've waffled for just over two hours, as always, but it's been absolutely amazing to have you along for the ride. Insane chat room this evening. So thanks each and every one of you for joining us. Remember, the live league returns 930 tomorrow morning. We've been the live land this evening. I've been Phil Bars as always. I've been joined by Jonathan and Jack Gobby Garwood. For one last time, I'm going to ask you to smash that subscribe button. You know it makes sense. And we are going to do a live lounge on Easter Sunday. Not Easter Monday because of the Premier League. Time to be confirmed, but we will be back on Sunday for the live lounge. Again, thank you very much and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.